Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. We're glad you chose to listen today. We believe that God is waiting to speak to you. If you have any questions about today's message, please contact us. We're here to help. Now sit back and join us for the next few minutes. It's Day 3 Live, and it starts right now. Uh, Take your Bible and turn uh, with me to uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, and we'll be in verse 5 through 8 this morning. Uh, We're doing this series about trust because I think we need to be reminded in light of all we're going through in our culture, uh, all that 2020 has kind of brought us, we need to be reminded of where our trust should really be centered. Uh, Thus far in this series, I've kind of asked a series of questions uh, for you, and I'll be doing that uh, again today. We start out the, the series asking you literally, you know, where is your trust? Where have you put your trust? And I kind of walk through Psalm 20, and as we walk through Psalm 20, to me, the most important verse, at least that spoke the most to me, was this. Uh, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's where our trust ought to be as Christians. And then the week after that, I ask you a second question. The second question was how much of your heart? How much of your heart? And we were in Proverbs that day, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 8, and it tells us we're to trust in the Lord with how much of our heart? All of our heart. And we're not to lean to our own understanding, not to lean just to human type things. Now, last week, Mike Pittman, who's the team leader for the church planning team, was with us, and he talked about fear, which is still kind of part of this series. But today, here's our question. I want to ask you today, where is your life planted? And I think you'll understand that title more after I read the verses. Before I read the verses, I want to give you a little bit of a background to Jeremiah 17. God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and and he's speaking to the kingdom of Judah. And God tells them this. He tells them, you can see in verse 1 through 4, I'm not going to take time to read it, but he tells them their sin was engraved with a pen with a diamond tip. Now, guys, I've had some nice pens in my life. I quit buying nice pens because I lose them all the time if I buy a nice one. So I buy the cheap ones now. But I've never, ever owned a pen that had a diamond tip to it. Have you? Huh? But I would guess a pen with a diamond tip can inscribe something fairly deeply. And God was telling them, I've written your sins down. I've not overlooked your sins to the nation of Judah. Their primary sin was this. They were trusting in idols. They had turned their heart away from God in their worshiping idols. And because they had done that, God said, I'm going to take away your wealth. I'm going to take away your treasure. By the way, I'm going to give it to your enemies. And guess what? You're going to serve your enemies. He gave a wake-up call to the nation of Judah. Just maybe we need to let things like this give a wake-up call to our nation. Because if God wants to, he can take away our wealth. If God wants to, he can take away our treasure. If God wants to, we can wind up serving our enemies if we don't turn to him. And if we don't have our trust severely planted upon him. Stand with me in honor of God's word while we read uh, these few verses. 
Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. And then God kind of gives a description of that type of man. He, he is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. But then in contrast to that type of man that trusts in the flesh, God goes on through Jeremiah and he says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You understand now why I ask you, where is your life planted based upon our scripture? Thank you, you can be seated. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, think about this. <laughs> right now in 2020, 2020 has not been a fun year, has it? Really? Right now in, in 2020, the circumstances we've been facing, where have you planted your life? I mean, where, where is your life right now? Where, where is it planted? Where is it founded? Or are you like a, a dry shrub right now? Do you feel like you're stuck in the desert and you feel like there's not anything good that you can see coming your way? Or maybe <coughs> you feel the opposite. Maybe you feel like you're that tree planted by the water and you've got plenty of resources. But that's what we're going to investigate today. Where is your life planted? And to help us answer that question, we're going to ask two other main questions. Here's the first main question. Do you want to be cursed or blessed? <laughs> That's a pretty straightforward answer, isn't it? Now, I would guess most people would say, man, I don't want to be cursed. And I'm not talking about someone cussing you out. I'm talking about a curse on your life. Especially, I don't want to be cursed by God. Do you? I don't want to have God against me whatsoever. So probably most of us would say, well, no, I, I don't want to be cursed. I, I, I really want to be blessed. Well, we need to pay attention to what these verses say for us to really fully <coughs> answer that, that question. I want you to notice the cause of what I'm calling a wrong-planted, cursed life. If you want a wrong-planted, cursed life, here's what you need to do. <laughs> If you want that type of life, look at, at verse five. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh. In other words, his ability, his strength, his ingenuity, his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, now since we're going to be talking about something that's planted in a desert plant in a moment and a tree planted by the water, I want to illustrate that first before we unpack that verse. Have you ever planted something in the wrong place? I mean, you went to Lowe's or wherever you shop at, and you bought some shrub or some tree or some flowers because you thought, man, those really look pretty, but you paid no attention to whether it told you to plant it in partial sun, full sun, or in the shade, and what kind of drainage it needed, what kind of water it needed, how much fertilizer it needed. You just thought, man, that's pretty, and you stuck it in the ground. What happened to it? It didn't flourish too good, did it? I thought for a while in my life that uh, 
I had the opposite of a green thumb. I must have had the black thumb of death. Everything I planted seemed like it wanted to die. Whether it was an inside plant or outside plant. Well, guys, that's, that's kind of a picture of what we're talking about. If you plant a plant in the wrong place, not paying any instructions to it, it's not going to flourish very much. If you plant your life wrongly, if you plant your life trusting in the wrong things, your life's not going to be what God wants it to be. Your life's not going to flourish as much as God desires your life to flourish if you plant it in the wrong place. So we're, we're applying this illustration and what God says here about a, a tree by the water and a shrub in the desert. We're going to apply this to a wrong planted life. A wrong planted life is a misdirected life that has a misdirected trust. He, he said, cursed is a man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength. The, the word for cursed means barely cursed. It means to loathe something, that, that God really hates it for people to do this. God really dislikes for someone to trust in themselves or to trust in human ingenuity or to trust in humanism. And that's what our culture is trying to sell us. You know, distrust trust in, your, in yourself. It says, cursed is the man. <laughs> and in the Hebrew, the word man means a valiant warrior. And the root word means strong. So just maybe he's talking about this kind of person. Have you ever met anybody who thought they were the man? Huh? Have you? Or they were the woman? Kind of like what I talked about a few weeks ago. Remember I told you about people who feel like the sun rises and sets in them? There are people like that. There are people who feel like they're the man and they can control things. And that's kind of the type of person that's being spoke about here because of what it says they do. It says, curse is the man who trusts in man. In other words, who runs for refuge to themselves or to other men or to human flesh or to a worldly system, whatever it is, something that's man-made, man-generated. They're being confident in human beings who trust in man and makes flesh his strength. He's making his ingenuity, what he thinks he knows, what he thinks he can do, his own power, his own authority. The interesting thing about that phrase, who makes his flesh his strength, the, the phrase there also meant this. It talked about a person going out and, and extending the strength of their arm to sow seeds. So I, I think maybe God's given us a picture of a person who thinks they've got the ability to sow what they need in life. They've got the ability to take care of the issues they're facing in life. They can, can sow. So this type of person, this person who trusts in the flesh, is more or less this. This person who trusts in the flesh runs to or relies upon himself or the abilities of mankind. It's the kind of person that places his or her confidence and trust in human flesh or human strength or human power. It's the kind of person who stretches out their arm and plants their life in their own or in mankind's ability. That's where their hope is found. That's where they are sowing their life. And the problem with it is this. They're setting themselves up for a fall. They're setting themselves up for a discouragement. And that's why God says they are bitterly cursed. God hates it when we think we can trust in ourselves. Now, if you want a little story that gives evidence of that, I don't have time to unpack it, but the Tower of Babel. <laughs> oh, we're going to build us a tower into heaven. What happened? Didn't work out, did it? 
God doesn't want us to trust in our own ability. God doesn't want us to trust in some world system. You see, in, in a misguided trust, does this, guys, a, a, a misdirected trust rather leads to a, a wrong-directed heart. Because it goes on after the Bible said, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. And it says, Whose heart turns away from the Lord. If someone has the mentality that I can take care of it myself, or we can trust in humanism, or we can trust in the systems of the world, or we can trust in a political party, or whatever it might be, if that's what their mindset is, what they're doing is turning their heart toward those things and away from the Lord. Remember what I told you the heart meant a couple of weeks ago? More or less, it means the will, the intellect, but you can more or less say this, it's the, it's the very center of who you are. It's all these yards, the very center of your being. So the kind of person that trusts in human flesh, they turn their heart away from the Lord. And when it says turn their heart away from the Lord, it literally means to turn off. Have you noticed our culture wants to turn God off? Have you noticed a lot of people want to turn the church off and, and turn Christianity off and they don't have anything to do with God? It also means to depart from. It means to askew as though you're going to spit God out of your mouth and you don't want to have anything to do with God. The, the word meant to think it is grievous. We are living in a culture to where people think it is grievous to serve God. They think it is grievous that Christianity is grievous. They don't understand it. They think Christianity is just a bunch of man-made rules. That's all they see it as. That's why they say it's grievous. They don't understand the, the blessing, the grace, the power, the authority of having a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. They don't understand it. And that's why we need to tell them, because people just view it as being something that, that is completely, totally grievous to them. And they turn their heart away from God. See, if you, if you live a life planted in the wrong place, trusting in the wrong things, it will lead to turning away from the Lord. A misdirected trust leads to a wrong-directed heart, which also leads to a cursed, wrong planted life. That, that's a picture of someone that just trusts in the flesh. But on the other side of it, we're going to look at verse 7. And as we look at verse 7, we'll find the best location of a well-planted best life, the kind of life God wants. Go back to my illustration. What happened when you paid attention to the instructions and you planted the plant exactly where it was supposed to be? It had the right amount of sun, the right amount of water, the right amount of nutrients that you gave it, what probably happened with it? It grew, didn't it? That's what happened with our lives, guys. Look what verse 7 tells us. That the best location to plant your life is given to us in verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. Now, the word blessed in the Hebrew literally means to, to kneel, for us to kneel before God and adore God and, and, and worship God. Now, I, I just did something I shouldn't have done. I bent 65, almost 65-year-old knee to the ground. I may have to get Kevin to come up here with his muscles and pick me up in a minute. But, 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 but here's the thing. I, I think I can make it. Don't worry. Uh, if you'd come up here, you had to finish the sermon too, by the way. But, uh, <clears throat> but, but guys, here's the picture of that. When we kneel and, and, and bless God, guess what He does in return? He kneels toward us and blesses us. 
What, what are we celebrating at Christmas? It's the greatest picture of God ever reaching down to man. It's the greatest picture of God ever being in the load of blessed man. He sent his only begotten son into the world to eventually grow up and die on the cross for our sins. He bent low to bless us. And that's the idea that's given here when it says blessed is a man. And it's the same word translated man a moment ago, a valiant warrior, a man that thinks he's strong. Maybe we ought to surmise that from this. If you really want to be valiant, if you really want to be a warrior, if you really want to be strong, here's what you better do. You better trust in the Lord. Don't trust in your own ability. Don't trust in your flesh, but, but trust in, in, in the Lord. And then he says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who runs to the Lord. We hurry to God for our refuge. We're confident in God because of who he is. He's a self-existent, eternal God. But I want you to notice the way this is phrased. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And then Jeremiah, under divine inspiration, by the way, wrote this. Whose trust is the Lord? Doesn't that sound pretty similar? But, but I think there's a, a distinction right there that we need to grab hold of. When he says, whose trust is the Lord, he's saying our, our refuge, our security, our, our assurance exists in an emphatic way. The, that phrase exists is only used in the Hebrew, this particular word, emphatically. So that means someone that trusts in the Lord is really trusting in the Lord. So let me, let me unpack that a little bit more. So, so he says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. But then he says, whose trust is the Lord? Here's what I think maybe the, the Holy Spirit of God was getting at when he inspired Jeremiah to write those words. Really trusting in God is more than some biblical concept. It's more than something you say you believe. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Oh, we can say that. But then he says, whose trust is the Lord. In other words, guys, we ought to view God as being our trust every day of our lives, any circumstance we face. You see, it's not a concept. It's something we do. <laughs> it's something we do. No matter what's taking place, let COVID-19 come. Let some other pandemic come. Let us face bad year. I've heard a lot of people say, man, I, I'm sick and tired of 2020. I'm glad it's almost over with. I want to get out of 2020. You know what? I kind of feel like that too. But guess what? 2021 might be worse. That's why we better know how to trust in the Lord. That's why it needs to be more than a concept or more than head knowledge that we have. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, but whose trust is the Lord. Literally, he is our trust, and we're to put active trust in him. That's what I think the Holy Spirit was getting at. So, the first main question that, that I ask you trying to get at the big question today, where have you planted your life, is simply this. Do you want to be blessed or you want to be cursed? I mean, honestly, where's your life planted today? Maybe you're facing some difficulty. Maybe you've been really discouraged. Maybe you need to kneel to God more. You need to bless Him more. Seek His face. Ask Him to bless you more. Adore Him more. Open up the door for the blessings of God to stoop toward you no matter how valiant or how strong you may think you are, trusting in human flesh, human ability, human ingenuity is only going to lead to discouragement. It's only going to lead to a curse in your life. So do you want to be blessed or do you want to be cursed? 
Here's the second main question today. Do you want to be a parched, dry, desert shrub? Or do you want to be a well-watered, flourishing tree? I think I know how you might would answer that one. Unless you've never been in a desert. I visited a desert before. I wouldn't want to live there. I've been out west before on, on a trip and go out in the desert. I learned you don't want to try and pick cactus. <laughs> I learned there are a lot of weird insects and rattlesnakes and things like that out in the desert. I learned it's really hot in the desert. We went out in the desert one time out in Nevada. It was 116 degrees that day. <laughs> the only blessing was they don't have our humidity. <laughs> How would you answer that? Do you want to be a dry desert shrub that's stuck there in a desert? Or do you want to be a, a well-watered tree that's planted beside water that gives you a resource? Now, that being said, I want to go to the negative again to start with. I want you to notice the results of a wrong planted cursed life. In other words, the result, what we're given here is a picture of this. The result of being a, a person that trusts in their own flesh, trusts in human flesh, is this. This is the result of it. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 6 says, He, that person that trusts in human flesh, that person who turns his heart away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. When it says he's like a shrub in the desert, it means he's existing there. The, the Hebrew word literally meant a juniper bush in the nudity of its situation. Here's what it means. Right where it's living, that's a new diva situation. It's stuck there. It is stuck as that desert plant. Can't move itself. Can't get out of that desert. And it says that type of person who's pictured by that dry shrub stuck in the desert shall not see any good come. They're not going to see, discern, enjoy what God really has for them. He shall dwell, and that word means to lodge or to reside permanently. Like I said, he's stuck there. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. When it says he shall lodge or dwell or reside there, the root word means a couple of things. It means to lie down sexually or intimately. And it also means to shoulder a burden. Now, why am I even reading that? Why am I even giving you that part of it? Here's why. If you reject God, if you turn your heart away from God, if you only trust in human ingenuity, your own ability, your own wisdom, you're going to have a very intimate awareness of lost blessing in your life, of curse in your life. You will one day shoulder the burden of knowing that you turned away from God, that you trust human flesh, 
and you turned your heart away from God. And in a day of judgment, you're going to have an intimate burden that you're carrying because you were the kind of person that trusted in human flesh and refused to trust in the Lord. See, the person who trusts in flesh, the person who trusts in man instead of trusting in God, will reside permanently, will intimately know, will carry the burden of living a part spiritual life in a wilderness salt land that is incapable of real life as long as he continues to reject God. As long as he refuses to trust in God. We're being given a lot of word pictures in this scripture. Let me ask you if any of these word pictures may be, uh, may be applied to you. First of all, Lord, do you feel like a shrub stuck in a desert? I mean, right now where you are in your life, do you feel like you're stuck there and you just can't move beyond it? And you have a very dry spiritual life. Is that where you feel like you are? Do you feel like right now in, in this year that we face, you don't see any good coming into your life? I mean, it's real easy to feel like that. 2020, amen? You know, weird elections and, and everything else on the side. It'd be real easy to feel like, man, I just don't see any good coming. Business shutdowns? Do you feel like your total existence is dwelling in parched places? I mean, right now is your life spiritually parched because of where you've been dwelling, where you've been trusting. You feel like you're lost in a wilderness of place. Do you feel like you're, you're living a dead, lifeless type of life? Because that's what's pictured in this story. That dry shrub is in a wilderness, in a, in a salt land. doesn't grow anything in a salt land whatsoever. So let's move from the negative, and that's the, that's the person that the trust in the flesh. That's a person that refuses to trust in God, that turns his heart from God. They're like that shrub that's stuck. I'd rather talk about the tree by the water, wouldn't you? So let me give you, you know, just three, three main things about this tree in the water. Notice the resources of a well-planted, blessed life. The resources of a well-planted, blessed life. It's using a tree for an illustration, but here's what I mean, the resources of a well-planted, blessed life. If you've been planted in Jesus, you've got resources that other people don't have. Look at the first part of verse 8. He, once again, is talking about the person that trusts in the Lord. The person whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. The, the, the word, when it says he is like, it means he's existing. And, and the phrase, once again, in the Hebrew is emphatically. He's existing like a tree that's firmly planted, that's fastened down in this well-watered plain that's right beside the water. He's been planted. The word literally means transplant. Park that away in your mind for a minute, the word transplant. And this tree is sending out its roots Toward the stream. It's spreading forth, sending out, growing long roots, shooting its roots over to the water, to the stream. And the word stream can also mean the flow. That gives me a picture of this, guys. As Christians, we've got available resources when we plan our lives in fully trusting God. When we trust in God, when we make God our trust, when we're that kind of individual. 
We can exist as a firm tree. You can stay planted firmly because you're fastened by your faith in your Savior, Jesus Christ. I told you to park in your mind the word transplanted. Here's why I did that. Transplant means this. The tree had not always been by the water. The tree had not always been by the stream. It used to be somewhere else. And it was dug up and replanted over here by the stream to where now it has the resources it needs. Maybe it used to be in the desert also. Because here's the image I want you to get from that. You understand what I'm talking about being transplanted, this tree being transplanted from one location over where it has the resource of the stream beside of it? That's a picture of what happened. You trusted Christ as your Savior. You were lost in sin. You were separated from God for all eternity because of your sin. And when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God transplanted you. He moved you from that lost condition, and He brought you over here, and He transplanted you in Christ. He transplanted you in His family. And now you're just like a tree that's planted by that water. What we need to do, guys, especially in times like we've been facing, we as Christians need to stretch out our roots as deep as we can into Jesus. We need to stretch out our roots. We need to have long roots that are stretching forth to the living water that we have in Christ. We need to invest our lives in the relationship we have with Jesus. That's the picture that's been given here. God transplanted you. He put you in Christ. Now make the best of that. Depend upon the resources that you have in Christ instead of acting like you're a dry bush over here in the desert somewhere. That's not where you are as a Christian. We can let ourselves think like that. But if you know Christ is your Savior, you've got resources that no one else has. We've been planted by the stream of living water. I told you the water uh, also meant flow. Seemed like there's an old hymn we used to sing that talked about some kind of stream flowing from Emmanuel's veins. And all who plunge beneath that stream lose all those sinful stains. That's where our resource is. Don't let God transplant you right by the resources you need and you decide to pull up roots and go your own way. Stay planted where He wants you. Stay as close to Jesus, as close to God as you possibly can. Stretch out those roots because no matter what comes in life, matter of fact, we'll see that. Let me go ahead and show it to you. No matter what comes in life, we can be confident. Look at the confidence of a well-planted, blessed life. Look at the second part of verse 8. And does not fear when the heat comes. Don't read over that too fast. It doesn't say do not fear if heat comes. (laughs) It says when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. All I want you to see, guys, is that's giving us a picture of someone that trusts in God, someone that makes God their trust. That's a picture of a Christian that has a well-watered, well-planted life by trusting in Christ. And we can have confidence no matter what comes our way. Just like this tree that's planted by the water, when, not if the heat comes. Be honest. 2020's brought some heat our way, hasn't it? 
I'm not talking about the heat that makes you feel warmed up and cozy. I'm talking about the heat that puts pressure upon your life. 2020 has done that to us. We, we've even allowed it to, to happen to us as believers and happen to the church to where we almost feel like we're without resources whatsoever. We might as well just give up. We can have spiritual growth in our lives. It says there in his, does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. The, the word remain literally means exist. This tree that's planted by the water exists with green leaves. It's still growing, even though there might be a, a drought, a year of drought. Maybe we ought to change the name of 2020 to the year of drought. Because even when we are facing drought in our lives, we as Christians, because we've been planted in Christ, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be anxious. Instead, we're to have faith in Christ and we're to trust in God. We're to continue trusting in Him. We're to continue growing in our lives and have those green leaves because we've got the resource of the living water that we can draw from. One last thing about this tree that's planted near the water. Look at the very last part of verse 8. For it does not cease to bear fruit. I want you to think about the fruitfulness of a well-planted, blessed life. Get the picture. Don't get lost in this. The person that trusts in the Lord, the person whose trust is the Lord, we're supposed to be bearing fruit. Even if there's a drought. Even if the heat's turned up. Even if we're facing tragic circumstances. Even with COVID-19. Even with the shutdowns. Even with disappointment over elections. Even with whatever you want to add to the list. Even with an economic situation. We are supposed to bear fruit. We're called to bear fruit. We're not to be a tree that has the resources that can stretch out into Christ and only consume that water for ourselves. We're to bear fruit. A tree doesn't bear fruit to eat it itself. A tree bears fruit so others can eat of that fruit. Guys, I'm afraid here's what we've allowed to happen as the church in the circumstances we've been in this year. We've kind of shut our doors and rolled the sidewalk up and we've come up with all kinds of excuses why we can't serve God, why we can't change the world, why we can't be on mission, why we can't bear fruit anymore because of the circumstances that are facing. The problem with that is this. We as believers are called and expected to bear fruit. Look what Jesus said. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, You've been transplanted. You've been planted in Him. You have the resource of the living water in Him. You have a relationship with the living God. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear, what does it say? It doesn't say it's okay to quit bearing fruit because it's a weird year. It doesn't say it's okay to become fruitless Christians because we're depressed about something going on in our lives that we didn't like. Because there's a pandemic in the world, that, that, that means we've got a, a right to quit bearing fruit. Hey, the opposite ought to be true, and here's why. People right now are looking for hope like they've never looked for hope before. They're not going to find hope with the government. They're not going to find the hope they need with social services or government organizations. They're going to find the real hope they need through the church, 
through the gospel, through Christ. That's where the real hope is that they need. It's not a time to quit bearing fruit. It's not a time to make excuses. It's a time like never before for us to bear fruit in the midst of the drought. 2020 doesn't give you excuses as a Christian to go off in the desert and be a dry plant. Instead, it ought to give us the motivation to bear all the fruit we can because there are people that need to pluck that fruit and eat that fruit who are hopeless and lost and need what we have. They need to be transplanted just like we were transplanted. They need to be moved from where they were to where God wants them to be and put in Christ in a relationship in Christ. So can I ask you the question again? Where is your life planted? Are you planted and trusting in yourself? Are you planted and trusting in the ingenuity of mankind? Are you planted and trusting in government, in political parties, or in politicians? Are you planted and believing that you'll always be healthy in things like COVID-19 can't get to you? I'll tell you it can. It did Becky and me. We're not impervious. But I will tell you this, when those things happen, that doesn't give us an excuse to quit bearing fruit. doesn't give the church an excuse to quit bearing fruit. There's something that I skipped over. You might not even notice it. I didn't say anything about it other than read it to start with. Look at the first part of verse 5. What does it say? (laughs) Thus says the Lord. I say that until now intentionally. The word says is in such a tense that it more or less means this. God really means what He said. Always does. Always will. And it also points this out. Everything we've talked about this morning, that wasn't just Jeremiah writing a letter to the kingdom of Judah. That wasn't just some human thought process. God himself inspired Jeremiah to write exactly what we've talked about. That's why it says, thus says the Lord. So God is saying, if you want to live a cursed life, Just forget about me. Just turn me off. Just trust in your own flesh. Just trust in the world system. Just trust in the humanistic society. If if you want to live a cursed type life in a dry desert, just do that. That's what God is saying. But God is also saying, if you want to live a blessed life, blessed is the man who trusts, who runs to God, who depends upon God, who's confidence in God. Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord and whose trust is, is, is the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we... uh, God, as we wait before you just for a moment before we have this, uh, this thing we call an invitation at church, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would search all of our lives. God, search those of us that say we know you, 
Lord, is our trust really in You? Are You, in fact, literally our trust? More than something we say we believe, but something we practice. Father, I pray that You speak to the hearts of believers today. And if there's anyone here that, as a Christian, they've kind of been discouraged and depressed or they're stuck where they are because they've been trusting in their own ability. They've been trusting in, in human flesh or ingenuity. Father, help them to see that's always going to let them down. Remind them right now they need to trust in you. Father, if there's someone in this place that has never trusted in you, if there's someone listening online that who has never trusted in you, they're there like that desert plant, they're stuck where they are and they can't move themselves. Father, I pray right now you give them the faith they need to trust in Jesus as Savior. Father, as they do so, I pray that you'll do what I know you'll do when they trust Jesus. You will transplant them. You will move them from where they are in their sin and you will plant them in your family. You will plant them in Christ for all eternity. They can be like that tree that's planted by the water trusting in the living water that is Jesus Christ, running the roots of their lives out into Jesus, depending and trusting totally upon Him. Lord, we don't want to be cursed. I don't think any of us want to be. We want to be blessed. But we know anyone that rejects Christ and never trusts Christ will be ultimately cursed one day. Father, draw people to you right now. Draw people online to you right now. Father, give them the faith they need to trust in Jesus and be like that tree that's planted by the water. God, help us to bear fruit for you no matter what we're facing in our culture. Forgive us, Father, if we've failed to do that. Forgive us as the church in this day if we have acted like all of our circumstances has given us the the right not to bear fruit. God, remind us you've called us to bear fruit and help us to leave from this place, to leave from our homes, go out into a world and bear fruit for you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. No one looking around. If you keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you're someone that maybe feels like you're stuck in a desert a little bit, whether you know Christ as your Savior or not, because you can know Christ and still not be drawing from the water that you have. If you're someone that, whether you know Christ or not, and you feel like because of all the circumstances in 2020, you, you feel like you're kind of like a desert, that, like a desert plant that's just stuck there. If that's what you feel like today, would you be honest and just raise your hand so we could pray for you? If that's what you feel like, I see that hand. Anyone else see that hand? I see that hand. I want to ask the question differently, and then we're going to ask you to stand. We're going to do an invitation. If you are literally that dry bush, if you are literally stuck in the desert of your sin, and you cannot move beyond being that desert bush because you're lost in your sin. You've never really trusted Christ as your Savior. You recognize God needs to transplant you 
you need to trust in Jesus and let God transplant you into his family, into his forgiveness. Will you raise your hand also so we can pray for you? Anyone, anywhere. Father, take this time and use it for yourself because it's about your glory, about your desires, about your will in our lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you, and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances, and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.